Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. Now, it's time to go deep for the exclusive info you need on the hockey team you love. This is Preds Insiders with your host, Ryan Porth. Brought to you by Cool Springs Laser Dentistry, Wyatt Johnson Ford, and Gary Zire, Remax Elite. On your flagship home of the Predators Radio Network, Smashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome into yet another edition of Preds Insiders here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Ryan Porth joined this evening by Darren McFarlane, co-host of Darren, Donick, and Chase weekdays 10 to 2 on ESPN 1025 The Game. You can also hear him on the Nashville Predators Radio Network on the pregame, the postgame, and everything in between. Darren, how we doing on this Monday evening? Hello, Ryan. The regular season is upon us. Preseason is over. Yep. Ryan Johansson again walk walked off, off yeah. the the preseason or skate off. Yeah, really, it's not a walk. Is it a skate off? Or is it a walk? It can't be a walk. It can't be. I walk when yeah. I skate. Well, you can't really walk. Really well, right? But that's now. my point. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can't, I can't. You can barely walk. Yeah, I'm just a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Johansson Friday night yeah. with whatever you want to call it, the overtime twice. winner, twice back to back years. Yeah, back to back years ended the preseason in Raleigh in overtime with the game winner and just opens the door down the tunnel. He goes. <laughs> Which I want to know what was going through his head when he scored that goal. Like, did it occur to him? Oh, I think he so. did it yeah. the, the same exact way last year. He's like, I'm just going to do it again. If we're all thinking that, you know darn well he's thinking it, right? <laughs> I wonder if he was thinking on the bench, like in between the third period and overtime. And I would like, like to know, was there a discussion if you get this done in OT? Do you got to do what you did last year? That would be interesting to right? know if that discussion was happening on the bench. Yeah. For the ones who were that were on that roster – and did that game last year? Because right, not everybody was a part of that. But mm-hmm. the ones who were, they had to have looked at him like Joey. If you do this again, mm-hmm. like you have to out right out down the tunnel, you got to do it. And you know, Joe Hanson would have been like, "You got it." Oh, boys. you know, right? You like, know, you he boys. would be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> "That's right, boys. We'll do this again. Let's do it again." So the Preds close out their preseason with a two-one overtime victory Friday night, a five-and-one preseason record. I mean. You can't do much better than that. I know the games don't really matter, you but you can. You can go six and zero. Oh. You can, but you can't do much better. Yeah, than than five and one. So it well, was they're, a, they're one period away from six and zero. Oh. A few minutes away. Actually, you're right. Those were all three late goals. Yeah, in Tampa Bay the other week. So mm-hmm. Preds performing well in the preseason, and today an interesting pair of roster moves coming out as the Preds put Mika Salamaki and. Steven Santini on waivers. Scale of 1 to 10, Darren, how surprised were you when you saw that bit of news trickle Ooh. through from Adam Vingan? Uh, for me personally, uh, I would put that around a 9. 9? Yeah. I was going to say about a 7 or an 8. Yeah, no, it's for me, it's even higher than that because I've been saying for a couple of weeks I have felt like Steven Santini was going to make this roster because of just the trade with Subban. I think Jeremy Davies is the guy they're going to end up liking more. I think they... They see a real upside, but he's younger, and so I think he's got more development. Needs more seasoning. Yeah, he needs more time. But I just thought, you know, you don't trade for two guys. You trade Subban away, and you get two guys in return and have him not be a part of this. So I thought he would just simply be a part of it because of the trade. Uh, The Mika Salamaki part uh, is just the fact that they've just always expressed real interest, right, in him being a part of this. 
And I, Peter Laviolette has always trusted him. Yeah, and I, I'm not particularly saying that I I would have him as high as they do. But mm-hmm. so with that being said, I felt like it's it's surprise because I just know how they feel about him. Like you said, it's it's trust, and so if you have the trust of a coaching staff, then that goes a long ways, as we know. And he's been around for a good while, and it's nothing against Mika Salamaki, but. You know, they know what he brings to the. We all know what he brings to the table. He's probably reached his ceiling. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's probably. I think this is what he is. Right. I mean, this is this is what he is. But there is that there is a lot to trusting, and you know, a new guy is never going to have the trust that Mika Salamaki is going to have with the coaching staff. So I would say a surprise meter. I would put that as as a nine. I don't know how you felt, but I I kind of felt like Matt Irwin looked like a guy that was kind of fighting for his roster spot Friday mm-hmm. night. I, I just thought that – I mean, he played really good. I mean, that, that shift, that power play, that the penalty kill, power play for Carolina, and that penalty kill where they got stuck out there and he started getting the tick, you know, the stick taps on the bench because he, they got stuck out there on a long shift and they fought it off. And Matt Irwin was exhausted, but he looked like a guy that, that knew that, hey – I need to, you know, I need to remind them what I bring to the table. And I thought it played out. I thought he played really well Friday night. I wonder if that trust factor factored into, into that, yeah. matter when being on the roster. As Good. of now, the yeah. roster's at 22 with Salamaki and Santini going on waivers. I don't know if David Poyle has anything up his sleeve for the final opening night roster. If there's a player on waivers out there that he's targeting or a trade, Brian Boyle. A lot of people bring still Brian unsigned. Boyle. I know. But I don't see it. There doesn't seem to be a role on the on the you know regular lineup yeah. for him. At the same time, I've been beating this drum all offseason. They still need size. I mean, you for the first seventy five percent of last year needed size, and they go out and get Boyle and Simmons in trades at, b- before the deadline. Before the deadline, they address the size. It didn't quite work out the way they wanted, but now you still need size and and bulk at forward there's a lot of skill up there but there doesn't seem to be a lot of guys that can push their weight around yeah don't think it may surprise by carrying the seven right one less defenseman than they normally have but you're right that extra what are they going to do with that is that is that just going to remain something that they can benefit with the cap early on and then address it because they don't have to do anything Right, right. They don't have to address that that final spot, but you know how the season plays out. Things happen. I mean, they will. But what are they saving that for? And who? So, surprised? Yeah, I was. I, I put that high up there. Um, I Daniel Carr. I kind of felt like all along that because they were afraid to lose him on the, in the waivers, if they put him out there, that he would get snagged up. And just the way they talked about yeah. him, I didn't think I really like him. Didn't think he really overly impressed in camp and didn't preseason. Stand out. He didn't stand out. It certainly wasn't a wow factor, but I think he was going to get the benefit of they didn't want to lose him either, right? Because mm-hmm. he's done something to get their attention. I mean, I know he was the HL MVP, but he's done something that they really liked. I mean, you could just tell the way they talked about him. I don't think it really translated in preseason and camp. But I really thought he had an upper hand because of the way they've talked about him. This is Preds Insiders. Ryan Porth alongside Darren McFarland here on ESPN 1025. The game taking you up until the top of the hour. Speaking of surprises, 
I think a lot of people by this point on the calendar had expected captain and defenseman Roman Yossi to have his extension entering the last year of his deal. Everyone kind of assumed that at that was the big announcement at Preds Fest, wasn't it? It was. No? It, I, no? I, I well, no. they did make a couple announcements. They did. Neither included the captain Roman Yossi signing an extension. Yeah. I would have thought by now that something would be done. We're about to turn the calendar to October. Games are about to be played, and I really would have thought by now that Captain Roman Yossi would have had his his extension. So. I'll ask you the the same question I asked you about Salamaki and Santini. Scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you, Darren, that Roman Yossi seems to be 72 hours away from the regular season starting and he still has not signed that, that that extension that everyone expects him to sign? I'll trim this one down. This is about a 6. Okay. Because I don't think they're true. I don't think either side is truly worried about what his future holds or where it know where it stands I just it's not a scary situation for either one I think they want to get it right that's what's important for everybody to be happy they need to do it on the business side on the predators the organization side and he needs to do what's best for him but it's also got to be fair right it's I mean best for him it can't be ten and a half million a year Mm -hmm. because that's not going to be good on the business side right so it's got to be that common ground I just I'm not it's not a it's not a four or five did I think that something could be done before the start of the season? Yeah, I felt pretty good. I remember doing. I'm, I remember doing this show with you back in July, and we had the over under date of August 13th or 14th, whatever date it was last summer that Ryan Ellis signed his extension, right. and we both thought it might be around that time or even sooner than that. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder why it has dragged on. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know why it's not been finalized by now. Um. I guess we always know why. Usually it's money, right? So, I mean, it's the dollar figure. So, I guess I don't know if they're close, if they're far. It doesn't feel like that, but um, I, I just, it's not a concern right now. I don't think it will be a concern. I guess I'll flip, a, I'll flip the script. What, when is there ever a point where it's concerning? I think if you get two or three months into the season, and there's nothing. But do you think they're going to do something during the middle of the season? An extension? Yeah. And they've been giving Pecorine his extension in the middle of the season. When's Roman's Twice? birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, uh, give me about 20 seconds and I'll uh, I'll figure that As out. As I put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get ready for this date. I don't have if their... If it's during the season... Well, it's June, June 1st. Ah! So they're waiting until, you know, game two ah! of the Stanley Cup final. Man... Guess they're gonna wait to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was the Pekka deal, then that's what we're referencing for people who don't. They're confused by that. Pekka has been given his last two deals on his birthday. Yep, which was in November. So okay, June one. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I would give it a six. Where would you put okay. it? I would probably go higher, higher than that. Yeah. I'd probably go seven or an eight. Yeah, and I, I do wonder how far apart if. If they have had serious negotiations, which you would think that they would have by now, I wonder how far apart they are in in terms of money. I mean, David Poy always makes the joke with with you guys middays of they just got the, one last one last thing to the finalize. deal is done, except yeah. for the money and the and the years. That's it. Yeah. That's all we got. Yeah, everything else is done. <laughs> oh, 
I I am a, a little surprised. I am a little surprised it hasn't been done yet. I'm not concerned. I'm just surprised it hasn't been done yet. I would I think, be I would be shocked if Yossi goes into July one next year without an extension. The number starts with a nine, right? Has to. I uh, I have been making the prediction of eight years, nine million per eight years, seventy two million. So he gets the PK deal, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I think that's about right. Now, do they give him a little bump over the PK deal? They could. Do they get? Is it make it? You know, is it nine point two five? Nine point five? Nine and a half? He's probably asking closer to ten or around ten. That's what you can make on July first if you're Roman Yossi. Yeah, ten, ten and a half for sure. If you're waiting till then. But if he wants to stay in Nashville, if he wants to be on a Stanley Cup contender, then you're going to have to have a little bit of a hometown discount as the captain to make room for all these other contracts that have been piling up over the last couple of years. Especially with some of his comments, too. I mean, you can't make those comments and then go back on right? He is he has said that that's what, just like what Ryan Ellis said, right? So mm-hmm. they they've all acknowledged that you have to do that. That's part of it to make this work long-term and be in this window of winning, right? Right. You you can't say, I want the most and expect everybody to get the most and to keep winning at the clip that they've been winning. So they, they've acknowledged that. So we'll keep an eye on Roman Yossi here in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, however long it takes for him to get his next extension as he enters the final year of his contract. Coming up next, Adam Vingan of The Athletic put out his sizzling Predators takes for the 2019-20 regular season. Do we buy or sell them? That's coming up next. He's Darren McFarland. I'm Ryan Porth. You're listening to Preds Insiders on ESPN 102.5 The Game and streaming on the Game National app. Welcome back into the show. Preds Insiders on this Monday evening. Ryan Porth alongside Darren McFarland of Darren Donick and Chase. You can hear him weekdays 10 to 2 on ESPN 102.5 The Game as well as the Nashville Predators Radio Network as the pre- and post-game host. Darren Earlier today, our good friend Adam Vingan at The Athletic put out his sizzling and not-so-sizzling takes on the Nashville Predators this upcoming season. So what I want us to do is to either buy or sell Adam Vingan's sizzling or not-sizzling take that he put out there at The Athletic earlier today. Tell you what, Adam Vingan's been on fire last two weeks. Thank you for the material, right? I know, right? Going around the room, find out who who was due. To have uh, that big year, right? Prime mm-hmm. for a big season. Last week, which we talked about a lot, and now eight sizzling and not so sizzling takes on the Predators this season. So let's get to one of Adam's more sizzling takes for this season. He How says, many flames was this? Oh, I would have to go check. Give me two. Well, give give me the give me the subject, and I'll tell you. Pecorine starts fewer than fifty games. I think that was just that was just three flames. That was three flames. Three flames. Three out of five. Yeah. Do you buy or sell? Pecorine starts fewer than fifty games. Chicken bleep answer. I think it's like right at it. Like that's what I've thought all <laughs> so along. It's, push. Yeah, it's a total push and weak answer, but that's what I have envisioned. I have. We've been watching the number go down every year, and so. What was last year? 50, 55. 55, and I think it's not fewer than 50 games. So I so what we what's our what are we saying? A buy do you buy or sell, sell that statement? Sell. I'm selling it. Sell too. it. It's not it's not fewer than 50 games. I'm going to say actually it's going to be even a little bit more than the number 50. I'm going to say 52. We're on the same wavelength. 52 there. starts 
UC gets 30 starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pekarene even missed two or three weeks last season and still got to 55. Yeah. If he has a full healthy season, he could get to 55 could. as well and just have more rest throughout the season. I agree with you kind of in that sweet spot of 50 to 55 for Pecorine this year, but I don't think he goes below 50 mm-hmm. if he stays healthy for the whole year. I actually feel pretty strong about that. I mean, I get it. He's he's saying that's a sizzling take. That's three flames. Fewer than 50 games? No. Now, fast forward to this time next year? Eh, who knows? A lot's going to, you know, who knows how this is all going to play out. But I would say, to me, that becomes an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. if I think it's probably less sizzling this time next year, right? But I, I'd be more prone to talk about, okay, what what is that number? We might be buying this that. Time, right, this time next year. But going into this season, no. Let's go to another one of Adam Vingan's hot takes on the Preds this season. A two out of five Flames rating for this take from Adam Vingan. Philip Forsberg or Victor Arvidsson becomes the first 40-goal scorer in team history. Darren, do you buy or sell that mm, statement? Man, I so want to buy, but so much has to go right. Both have had, both have got. They've been dealing with injuries. Yeah, right. They've been dealing with injuries, and so and they've shown they're injury prone here in the last couple of years. You got to play all eighty two. I mean, you got oh, you got to play eighty. You know, you got to play the bulk. I mean, most of the season. I, I like I said, I want to buy, but I, it, it's it's a sell. Are you going with the odds? Yeah, it's it's, it's a, selling. This this. The safe answer is sell because just so many things have to go right. Does that mean that they can't have 35 goals, 36, 37, 38, which we would all deem Mm -hmm. a highly successful year? But, man, to get to 40, and I know that's they want to get to that first 40-goal score. Are both of them capable? Well, we all know that, yes. But we we also can't go, well, Victor Arvidsson, (laughs) if he would have played all of – right? I mean, we can't keep having those discussions because he didn't. Yeah. So we don't know. So I, I, I'm going to have to – it's going to have to fall in the category where I'll have to see it to believe it, so my answer is I'm going to have to sell. I'm going to buy it. You're going to buy it? I'm going to buy it. Really? Philip Forsberg gets 40 this year. You think he gets 40? I think he gets 40. I think he's going to be more healthy okay, than he has been the last couple of years. Who are his line mates? Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlund, two guys who know how to set up a goal scorer. Huh. Okay. So you think it's with – Granlin and Duchesne. Yes. Granlin in a contract year and Duchesne who can drive offense pretty well. Well, if that happens, then Granlin is signing a new deal here. Or he's making a lot more money elsewhere. That's a good point. Or he has priced himself out of here. Correct. And he gets a big deal elsewhere. Here's another. That's, that's Actually, you're probably, if that happens, I would say less likely that he signs here. Yeah. Here's one reason why I think if Forsberg stays healthy and plays with Duchesne, one reason why I think he gets to 40 is because I wouldn't expect that line to be cycling a lot in the offensive zone. I think they're coming in guns a-blazing into the zone, and we've seen Forsberg, when when he is coming into the zone with a purpose, he can either juggle the puck around a defender, dipsy-doodle around a defender, or just unleash his filthy wrist shot and score a goal from anywhere in the offensive zone. Okay, so if he hasn't done it with Johansson, who you would agree is the best passer on the team. 
Yes, but they spend a Why lot of time. Why would he do it with DeShane? They spend a lot of time cycling in the zone. So, yes, they're they're keeping possession, but if if Duchesne and Forsberg and Granlund, but this is mainly Duchesne and Forsberg, if their primary goal is to go flying into the offensive zone and not worry about a dump and chase mentality and try to keep possession and then hopefully, you know, something can stick and you know, you get a, a good offensive offensive chance. There's a lot more speed huh. with Duchesne than than Johansson. Not to say Johansson is slow, but Duchesne is faster. Okay. I mean, that, there's no argument there, but that's about a four flames take, in my opinion. Okay. But you just said, you know why? Here's the other part. You have, they have no chemistry together. I mean, he's been playing with the other two for season after. I mean, they got they know each other every move. And we've seen... You're talking about doing something that's never been done with two guys he hasn't been on the line with. And we have always seen that when Jofa is not together, the three individually aren't the same as when yeah, the three exactly. of them are together. So you're making my... So that's like four flames Okay. There. That's four flames around okay. fourth. Well, I, I'm going out there. I'm putting myself out there. Forsberg. That is a sizzling, and I mean sizzling take right there. 40 goals for Philip Forsberg this year. Book it. Oh, that's the one. Now that's the kiss of death. Now why'd you go there? <laughs> that word is is the kiss of death. Preds Insiders, ESPN 102.5, the game Ryan Porth and Darren McFarland here. Next hot take from Adam Fingen of The Athletic. Kyle Turris struggles again and is traded by the end of the season. That was his scorching take, all five flames. Do you buy or sell that statement? Well, I sell that that's five flames. That's what I sell. It's not that's okay. not a scorcher take. That's not five flames. Do you agree that would almost or disagree? Be expected. I mean not expected. Well not expected, but, but, but it's it's not gonna have anybody going It's realistic. Turris got traded? Yeah. What? It's realistic. Like what are you? What just happened? Like nobody's nobody would have that reaction. Yeah. Now expected? No, I don't expect that to happen. But I mean, how could you think that that is? It, you're saying he struggles. You just told us he struggles. I'll reword it. It's not expected. It's realistic. I think but that that's a fair that's way why I'm to saying look at Kyle if Turris. Kyle Turris struggles again. These are Adam Vingan's words. Kyle Correct. Turris struggles again and then is traded by the end of the season. I don't really view that as a five flame scorching hot take or sizzling take. Excuse me. I would say that's around two or three. It, if he struggles again, I would say most of us would all suspect. How is this going to play out? Most would suspect there's probably a chance that that would happen, right? Am I missing something? No, I I agree with you. And usually by January or February, there's going to be teams either in the playoff race or just on the the bubble of it that need a center. When when injuries pile up, the five flame sizzling take with me when it deals with Kyle Turris is that he has a bounce back monster year. He has a bounce back year and looks like the first 17 games when he first came here. Okay. Point a game guy. Do you think that is a sizzling take to me? Do you think he could bounce back as the wing to Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson? I have liked what I've seen now. There's only one thing that, that is factored into this on why it hasn't been perfect. Because I think it's looked good, by the way. That and, and by the way, on the second power play, that group, he's he's been a part of two power play goals in preseason. I think 
the obvious is he's got to finish, right? I mean, we know you yeah. get paid that much. He's he's he got to finish. So many opportunities. He's so last close, year. and I, but and he's he's been that way in preseason again. Like he's been all over the place. He's been hitting the post. He's been around it. But we know. I mean, it's a results business, right? We've talked yep. about this on on this show. It's a results business. We've talked about it on Darren Donica Chase. So so he does have to finish. And so, but I like what I see. To me, I think the sizzling take is that this actually works. And he has a real big time bounce back year. Mm-hmm. That's the sizzling take. Okay, I would agree. That's I'm a, not trying to pound. I, like I love take. these articles that Adam's been churning out. This is good. It's good fodder for everybody to talk about. It gets everybody's. It's good water cooler talk, right? Yes, it is. But I think like, to me, saying that he's going to struggle and then he's going to get traded is not really a, a sizzling take. I'll say this: if he can at least hold his own playing wing for the first time in his NHL career and not devalue the top line with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson, I think Kyle Turris is going to be on the roster all year. Yep. Especially if the second line with Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlund is firing on all cylinders. I just think you have to put Kyle Turris in a, in a situation where he can succeed and not put him in a square peg and a round hole on the third line where he's flanked by two forwards that aren't known for for scoring goals or or driving offense. Like he has to be on a line where he is surrounded by talent, offensive talent. And if you're on the third line, I think you're you're wasting his or potential the or the fourth line. I think you're wasting his potential talents. Yeah. Oh, well, look, I I talked to him last week just off air. Talked to him at Centennial. I like where he's at. I think he's in a good place. I think he's more primed to bounce back and have a big year, then, then struggle again and get traded. That that's okay. just me personally. Okay, that's reading the room here at the end of September, September going into October and the start of the season. I like where he's at. I, I think he's in a good place. Coming up next, speaking of takes, someone with the hockey news had a take on Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, and it's an interesting one. You'll hear that coming up next. He's Darren McFarland. I'm Ryan Porth. You're listening to Preds Insiders, ESPN 102.5 The Game, and streaming on the Game National app. Welcome back into the show. Preds Insiders brought to you every Monday and now Wednesday by Cool Springs Laser Dentistry. For all your dental needs, visit kellyerice.com, as well as Nashville's number one Ford dealer, Wyatt Johnson Ford, and new sponsor this week, Carrie Zire Remax Elite. So we thank all of them for their inclusion in Preds Insiders Wednesday night we spent last segment talking all about Adam Vingan's hot take article at the Athletic Adam Vingan will be my co-host as we do Preds Insiders live from Brewhouse South in Cool Springs from 6 to 7 p.m. leading up to the season premiere of Smashville Live which will feature Brayden Gall from Morning Drive as well as David Poyle and Brian Poyle a night with the Poyles on Smashville Live from 7 to 8 Brewhouse South in Cool Springs should be a lot of fun and look forward to seeing everybody out there. I believe you were the first to have an evening with the Poils. I was, but not together. I've had them That's true. That's a good 30 point. minutes of David, 30 minutes yeah. of Brian, but this will be 60 minutes of you both kept them together. Separated. You kept yeah. them separated here yeah. on Preds and You got to keep them separated like uh, whatever look, song look that you. was. You know, back in the 90s. Little that I, Offspring? Yeah, Little Offspring. Used to hear that song all the time at Cincinnati Cyclones games. You couldn't get a movie reference out of you, but I got a music reference. All right, I'm proud of you. (laughs) 
come a long way on this show. Okay. All right. Well, don't try to get a movie reference past me because, uh, or try by all means because you will get it past me. So last week I was listening to the Hockey News podcast and they had a Central Division preview for all seven teams. And they led off with the Nashville Predators since they won the Central Division last season. And Ken, Ken Campbell of the Hockey News, who's been with them a long, long time, had a little bit of a hot take when it comes to the Preds' 1-2 combo at center. I think Matt Duchesne is and should and better be their number one center. Um, he, in uh, at the uh, NHL pre-media tour, preseason media tour, he was talking about that, and he was, you know, I, I asked him about that, and he was like, well, let's get one thing straight here. You know, Ryan Johansson's the number one center on this team. Well... You know, Ryan Johansson had 14 goals last year. Okay, mm. so no, he's not. No, he's not. He's, he's been. Not, he's had that job. He's but, not productive. Right. He's not productive enough to be a number one center. He's just not. And so, uh, I think it has to be Matt Duchesne. And I, I, you know, I mean, then you've got then then you fall in with Johansson and Turris, which is a pretty good. 1A, 1B, and two, uh, sort of thing. But but I, I do think that 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 um, Matt Duchesne is going to be their number one center when it's all said and done. And that's pretty good. So that was Ken Campbell last week on the Hockey News Podcast, their Central Division preview, saying that Matt Duchesne needs to be the number one center on this Preds team. Darren, what's your reaction after hearing that from Ken Campbell? My reaction is, if you're a guy like Patrick Liney, right, and you're seeking a new deal, you want to be on the first line because that helps you get more money. Is that true? Right? That's, sure. That's fair to say, right? So if you're on the second line, then you, you, they have they have reason. doesn't mean that they're going to. They have reason to say, yeah, but you're on the second line. So that that's more like first line money. They can kind of throw that around to your agent. If you have two guys that are under contract for a long time, and whether they're on the first line, second line, third line, or fourth line, it doesn't really it doesn't change anything, right? Because they both have long big deals. I ask you, what difference does it make? Really? And when in the grand scheme of things, if Duchesne is not looking for a new contract where his agent can be like, Yeah, he's a first line centerman. You've got him on the second line, but he's a first line centerman, so he should get first line centerman money. This number. Or vice versa, Ryan Johansson is saying, Hey, he is a first-line centerman. You play him as a first-line. So we demand first-line centerman. Even if you know David Poyle in the front office saying, yeah, but you know production, just like what he just said, well, but he had 14 goals, so we would like to be. None of that is in play. So if none of that is in play, what are we really talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it just optics? It's optics to say, well, you know, Matt Shane's going to score more, so he sh- he's going to have more production. So he should be on a first line centerman. Is that is that really all it is? Because I would ask you, what difference does it make? I mean, that came across that clip right there from Ken Campbell came across as someone who doesn't really watch the Preds all that much. I mean, and, and when you mean what? Oh, he scored fourteen goals. He's not a number one center, right? But how many assists did he have? He had fifty. Right. It was a it was a career high last year, fifty assists. And when you watch Ryan Johansson, especially. This, you know, I'm going to take this year's playoffs out of the equation because that first line got shut down by Dallas and they weren't very effective. But for the most part, when Ryan Johansson has been in a Preds uniform, he has risen to the occasion in the big moments, especially in the playoffs. I feel like when you have a clutch number one center, 
whether or not he's getting you 70 points or 90 points, he can be a number one center in this league, especially if Ryan Johansson is a huge part in making his line mates, which have been Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson the last few years, near premium goal scorers like they have been, especially last year when they were both on pace. I know, I know you don't like hearing that, but they were both on pace for 40-plus goals all season long despite the injuries, and Ryan Johansson had a big part in that. Yeah, I, mean, I just, like I said, I think it's just optics. We're, we're talking about two guys that do the same thing and we'll agree on everything. I think, would you? we both agree, Deshane's going to have more goals than Johansson this year. Sure. Right? True. We all agree. Everybody listening agrees. They're shaking their heads. Ryan Johansson will have more assists than Matt Deshane this year. Probably. I think he's. I think you'll have a right. It's not like it's some mar, crazy margin. You know, one's going to have twenty assists more than the other. Just saying, Ryan Johansson probably will have more assists. If okay, not, we, they're in the same ballpark. In the same ballpark, but you know, I, hey, goals could be in the same. Who knows? I mean, we don't know what kind of season Joe Johansson's going to have and Deshane's going. But they're going to. We all can agree that Johansson. Let's just say we'll have slightly more assists. They're both very good in the faceoff circle. They're both going to take a ton. Of draws and they're both really good at it, right? Who who's better? Who'd you give the edge to? You're splitting hairs. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So that's what, what we, David Poyle what we did talk- by paying them both right. the same so amount of that's money. That's what I'm saying. We're talking about. That's my whole point. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> we didn't even rehearse this. It's not even in the script. This show is scripted, and that was not even in the script. That is live radio, folks, right there. That is not even in the script, and we just this came is the script together. right here, and it was not in the script. We just became best friends just on this show. Look what happened. Stepbrothers. Oh, my God. That's the end of the show. Good night, folks. <laughs> I am out of here. I am leaving on that note. You went with a movie right now that, oh, my gosh. Did you do that on purpose? Say. I don't even know what to say. Did you do that on purpose? Just this to test the, me? This is the best segment in Predators, Preds Insiders history. <laughs> this segment right here. In fact, let's just, we're recording, let's just play this again next segment and end the show. This is the best segment you've ever done in Preds Insiders. Okay. You just made my point for me. They're the same, right? They're the same. So what are we talking about? They're going to, goals, Duchesne will have a little bit more, but it's, you know, he's going to have more goals. Assists, we're talking about the same thing. Face-offs, we're talking about the same thing. Pay, contracts, we're talking about the same thing. So what are we talking about? The same thing. It does not matter. Like, I don't get what Ken Campbell's saying there by Matt Duchesne needs to be the number one center. It's like, like, why? Because in his eyes, that's why I said, is this just optics? Like, hey, I feel like he's a little bit, so he's going to score a little bit more. That That's the only thing he brought up, by the way. He didn't bring up anything else. All he brought up was Johansson's 14 goals. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. Up. One thing was goals, one category. And if you look at their career trends, season by season, I mean, they're pretty comparable. Always in that 55 to 70 point range. We agree. You brought up a music reference, an offspring, and a movie reference. I'm, I'm going I, to, case closed. But best segment ever. We're going to close this segment. Preds Insiders, walk off now while Wh- you can. While we are winning at the table. Yes. So you're saying leave the table on a heater? Yes. Most will tell you don't leave on a heater, but you're saying let's leave on a heater. I, I, have, I actually agree with you. I have uh, I have learned the hard way that you should leave the table on a heater. Okay. That was a heater segment. That was a sizzling segment right there. Coming up next, another sizzling segment. How about this tease, folks? Listen to this. Our season predictions for the Preds, for the Central Division, 
and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm, that's a tease. You'll be back. We'll, we'll see you on the other side. That's all coming up next on Preds Insiders, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back in Preds Insiders, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Ryan Porth alongside Darren McFarland on this Monday evening. Don't forget the Rick Stockstill Show coming up at 7 o'clock. Slapshot Radio with Paul McCann and company at 8 p.m. tonight here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. By the way, before we get to our predictions, shout out to Preds fans for showing up yesterday at Preds Fest. It was in the mid-90s. I was sweating bullets out there. Mm, thank you for cleaning that up. Uh, that scared I, me. I, I'm sure a lot of people were needing cold water to get through that afternoon, but it was a great crowd out there for Preds Fest yesterday. Had a lot of fun out there mingling with the with some Preds fans, and I think this uh, this fan base is excited and revved up. Oh, this, I, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. But you did have news. Uh, shoulder logo unveiled. Yes. First logo in a good while we've seen unveiled for the Winter Classic. Don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm sure, really? it, I'm sure it will grow on me. I like it. Do you? Yeah. I think it's natural to always see something. Most people look at something brand new and they're like, eh. Right? And then it, it just always, grows on you. All right. It just... Typically, we always go, I don't know how I feel about that, or I don't know what I think. And then after a while, you you don't ever have those thoughts. Anymore. If you start with, eh, I don't know, it usually ends it's, up good. And the, if but, you start with, oh, that is so disgraceful, then yeah, there's usually no looking back. Yeah, I agree. So, season predictions for the Central Division and the Nashville Predators. Darren, where in the Central Division would you predict the Preds to finish this regular season? Uh, I referenced this on Darren Donick and Chase earlier today. We talked about uh, Kevin Allen from USA Today. He put out his NHL projection, projections. This is what we do as we get uh, ready for the regular season. So the National Hockey League will drop the pucks for real Wednesday night. Predators will do it Thursday night. He actually predicted the Avalanche to win the Central with 100 points. He had the Predators second with 95, Stars third with 94, St. Louis fourth with ninety three, so a very five uh, jumbled, yeah, ninety five points for second place. Okay. By the way, a hundred points. He has that as the best in the West. The best in the West. So he would have the Avs as a number one seed with a hundred points. Don't know how I feel about that one because it's yeah. usually in the one hundred five to one ten range. Uh, unless you have a great year. I'm. I know. I. I like. I respect Kevin, and I've been dealing with Kevin for a long time. I think he does a great job covering the league. But I think on this one, I'll have to respectfully disagree with some of his projections, which is why I'm bringing it up. But I'm just using this as kind of a gauge, and then we can we can discuss and make our own. I do not believe the Avs will win the division. Okay. Do you think I the Preds win? I have been going back and forth, back and forth on the Preds and the Stars Ooh. for the division okay. winner. And I have actually been leaning a slight lean toward Dallas Why? winning the division. Well, one, this is what they do, right? They... They always have that year where they jump up there and they have a big monster year. They win a division and they don't go very far in the playoffs. So maybe this is their their year. I look, I if I'm in all seriousness, as we talked about a lot last year in April, late April, man, they got some young, talented players. 
I like their moves that they did in the offseason. Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry. Yeah. I think Pavelski is the one that probably, like, yikes. Puts them over the top. Like, I like that move a lot. Unfortunately, I like. I wish it was would have happened here, but it's in Dallas. I think Pavelski's probably primed for a big year. I, they got, man, as we talked about, Hanson, Rope, those guys, man, hmm. they got some young... Young guys that if they take, I'm of course going on the premise they take their next step in their career. Merrill Haskinen, yeah, Haskinen. They have a yeah. solid goaltender, Bishop. You know what you have in them. Um, I, I would give a slight lean toward Dallas. Okay. I have the Predators right behind them, then followed by the Avalanche. I have St. Louis fourth. I think you could put any of those four teams in a blender. Agreed. I agree. It depends on who you ask. You could get four different answers for sure. And probably if you asked a thousand people, you might get an even fourth split on everybody, right? You Mm -hmm. may get 250 people tell you St. Louis, 250 people tell you Preds, 250 tell you Colorado, and 250 people tell you Dallas. Like I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I think those four, maybe not head above shoulders, but they are on a separate tier than Chicago, Winnipeg, or Minnesota. Yeah. I agree. Because I don't think I think people still feel Winnipeg's going to be good, but I don't think people are going to predict them to win the division. I don't Mm-mm. think. So I have Colorado winning the division. You and do. The, and the Preds finishing second. I think Colorado has the highest ceiling of any team in the Western Conference. I gave Predator, the Predators and the Stars a nod up on Colorado for one reason and one reason only. Do you Goalie? know what that is? It's goaltending. See, Philip Grubauer eh. came on late. Yeah, no. In March and April so in you're the ready, playoffs. You're, you trust him? Well, you trust Grubauer? When you've year? got all that talent in front of you, you don't have to be great every night. But you're asking him to be that again. Do you trust him to be that again? I I, I think he can be more consistent. He wasn't very consistent until he took the number one job from Varlamov in February or March, whenever that was. Right. I think he can be more consistent. I mean, he's always had a lot of potential. So... You you put an up and coming maybe you know young goalie behind Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard. Oh, I get it. They're and loaded. They're all the depth that they have. St. Louis is good. I mean, they're the defending Stanley Cup champs. But there is one category, one category only on why. Because I agree with you. There are four teams that everybody can predict to win a, win the division. But the leg up to me is the goaltending play. And the Predators have the best one-two punch in the league. And Ben Bishop is solid. You know what you're getting out of Ben Bishop. Mm -hmm. And I like their moves in the offseason. And I'm projecting their young players that really shined, unfortunately, in that playoff series to take another step. So I would give a slight edge to Dallas followed by the Predators, and those two are above St. Louis and Colorado just simply because, and I don't, Bennington, once again, he could absolutely pick up right where he left off, and I'll look foolish. But but see, I'm not banking on him to pick up where he left off. But we've seen a lot of great regular season teams recently in the National Hockey League that have been great offensively and just okay at goaltender and then do nothing in the playoffs. See the Calgary Flames. Mm -hmm last season where between David Rich and right. Mike Smith, somehow they were the best team in the in the Western Conference last year. And they were the sexy pick to go out early. In get the bounced in the first round. Everybody was predicting that. So uh, I, th- there's a part of me that thinks Colorado 
is going to be scoring goals in bunches all season long, and they're just going to be almost unstoppable some nights. Well, they've already been doing that, but they haven't won it. I mean, that hasn't translated into a division title. So what's different? I mean, we've been saying that first line is the best first line in, in the National Hockey League. They, True. They now have a defenseman that can drive offense at a high level like Kale McCarr. Eric Johnson isn't someone who drives what? offense. No? No. <laughs> He's not someone that drives offense at a high level. Kale McCarr is like adding a Drew Doughty okay. to your blue line. And maybe he's not ready for his first full NHL season. Still very, very young. young but man, very was his young. first impression yeah. impressive. Small sampling. Yep. I mean, look, and I get it. You know what Colorado can say? Yeah, but you're saying Dante Fabro is going to look like those 10 games. Fair, right? We don't know. We don't know. We suspect he's going to be just fine. But, I mean, it is 10 games. We saw him for four regular season games and six playoff games. It looked really good and really comfortable. And he looks like he is ready to slide into that second spot with Ekholm and be the second deep pairing. No problems, right? But right. someone in Colorado and Denver could say, but you don't know that. You don't know. He's, he's young. He's played 10 games. Do you have a Stanley Cup pick? Oh, I hate doing I don't. Have you settled on that yet? No. I don't. I hate doing that in this time of year. No one's ever right. I know. It's so silly. I mean, I, I will say this. Remember how Virginia, as the one seed in the college basketball tournament, got beat by a 16 seed? Yep. And everyone thought Virginia was just going to get bounced again early mm-hmm. this past March. And they were on a mission, and they won. They did it. I think Tampa Bay is going to have a bit of a similar feel. Well, I mean, they're loaded again. I mean, we know that. I think Tampa Bay wins the cup this year. Hmm. Well, that's not a stretch. I mean, it's I, not a stretch. They're they've got the they've got a, that's a, Vegas a good favorite. reference point. I mean, you're saying they get they get embarrassed. They get swept in the first round. They had the uh, this incredible regular season where they just put in cruise control the final two months. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have called up their minor league team and still won the President's Trophy. That's how embarrassingly bad it was that they were that good. Yeah, I mean, I, no, who's going to argue that? That they're, I mean, sure, probably not many people. But you could also say the Predators are prime for that. I think, and they don't have this. They don't have every. They don't have everyone saying them right. So the so yeah. there's a little bit of that's taken off. A little weight's taken off, right? It's not everybody compared saying, to these last oh, two seasons is, where they were the sexy predators. Pick to right, win. It's spreads, spreads, spread. Everybody's just so they don't have that. Yeah. Are people still predicting them to win the division, go to the playoffs, sure, but mm-hmm. not the sexy overall pick of oh, it's Stanley Cup or bust. I you, think the Preds are in a pool of probably eight to twelve teams that could make a case that they could win a Stanley Cup, a legitimate case. Yeah. Well, that is all the time we have for Preds Insiders. I know for that's me it. personally, I have to get to my fantasy hockey draft. That's it? That's that's all we got, huh? That's all we got. I thought when you have the best segment you've ever done, we would extend it. But okay. Well, maybe next time. All right. Maybe next time you're on, we'll have the best segment in Preds Insiders history at that point, And then we'll just end on that note. But you can't really top a movie reference and a music reference from you. That's the thing. Like, we can come together organically on a topic again, but you, I, I just don't have faith that you can slide two more of those references in, you know, and make it work. Look, blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. Okay. Something for us to strive for next time. Thank you, Darren McFarland, for joining me here in studio tonight. All right. My for, pleasure. For Darren McFarland, I'm Ryan Poor. Thank you so much for listening to Preds Insiders. 
right here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game National app.